0: Hey y'all, and welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for family-first entrepreneurs building profitable and progressive businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm your host, Meg Brunson, and my pronouns are she, her. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this podcast episode isn't gonna change a thing in your business unless you take action. And the best way to follow through is by joining us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. It's where we work, win, celebrate, and grow together. Head over to familypreneur.co to join us today. All right, let's do this. Hey, hey, familypreneurs. I am here today with Andrea Jones, and I am so excited because we are gonna be talking about social media, which is something I absolutely love, as you know. So Andrea has built an online business committed to empowering businesses to utilize the power of social media in a positive and impactful way. Positive, underlined, without being overwhelmed and drained by it. With over seven years experience in the game, Andrea hosts the acclaimed podcast, The Savvy Social Podcast. She leads a team providing done-for-you service inside of her marketing agency that was named a top digital marketing agency in 2021 and serves over 200 students in her membership the Savvy Social School. You'll be able to find her online at onlinedrea.com or at onlinedrea on Instagram. But right now you can find her right here. So let's um, meet Andrea and talk about social media. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I love connecting with you. We've connected on your podcast. We've connected on my podcast, we've connected at Summit. So I feel like we have a lot of collaboration in our past and hopefully in our future as
1: well. I love chatting with you. Yes, yes. The power of social media, right? To exactly. connect with someone and be able to work with them virtually. Yes. <laughs> social media
0: has its pros and cons, but we can use it in a in a powerful, empowering, and positive way. And I love that you focused on that in your intro.
1: Yes. You know, it can feel so overwhelming because, um, there's so many possibilities for it to be negative from cyber bullying, to feeling overwhelmed, to feeling inadequate because we can compare ourselves to everyone, um, to feeling like as business owners, we have to do certain things on social media, feeling that obligation. So my goal is always to approach it with that in mind and not try to ignore that that's there because I know those feelings are there for a lot of us. But how do we kind of leverage these tools and make connections just like our connect? Um despite <laughs> in spite of all of those negative things.
0: And so what are the first steps to I know you, you've touched on a couple things just in that statement. What are the first steps to establishing a social media presence without getting overwhelmed?
1: Yeah, so I think as business owners specifically um, and content creators, it's deciding what role social media plays in your business and what role it plays in your life and making that clear distinction between personal use and business use. And I think a lot of us mix and mingle those two things. And then that's where some of those feelings come from, because we are scrolling through Facebook and we see, you know our niece and nephew, we see our friend's dog, and then we see a Facebook ad telling us that we should be doing something else in our business. Um, and so it can feel mixed and mingled. So really sitting down and getting t- an intentional. I like to break this down by platforms if you can. So have certain platforms that are business related. Let's say your focus is um, Instagram and LinkedIn for business, and then Facebook's going to be more of a personal platform for you or whatever you want to choose. You can decide however you want to do it. Um, And then from there, deciding how much time you want to spend specifically from a business standpoint. I do think it's harder to Kind of determine that time from a personal standpoint, but from a business standpoint, I think it's just like anything else in our business. You know, it becomes a task now. I use Asana for task management. So I put mine in my Asana. You can write it in your calendar. You can put it in your Google calendar, but making it part of your business and part of your habits will really make that distinction clearer and will help you break away from it. So give you some boundaries, give you some, I don't know, days off. From social media, all of those beautiful things.
0: Yeah, I'd love to throw one of my favorite tools that I've been using is um, the Newsfeed Eradicator. Have you heard of that one? Mm-hmm.
1: Where yes. it, like,
0: if I go to Facebook, it blocks my feed, so it really fo- forces me to be intentional about how I'm spending my time. But I could unblock it for periods of time, like ten minutes or thirty minutes, and then intentionally give myself time to to get lost scrolling, but not like lose my whole day. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I love that one because it's such a great way to, a lot of us use Facebook uh, groups, for instance. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to kind of participate and engage with the groups that you're in without feeling like you're mixing business and work. Um, and vice versa. Um, one of my favorite ways to do this as well is to turn off my notifications. so I don't accidentally see something when I'm not supposed to, I give myself the weekends off. So most of my weekends of the year, there's no posts going out. I'm not checking notifications. My team is off. I've never had an emergency. There's nothing that, you know, someone messages me on a Saturday and it's, you know, emergency. Usually it can be responded to by Monday. Um, so for me, turning off those notifications forces me to check manually when I need to. But also, I can actually take a break when I don't want to be on social media. And I
0: think that's super important too because the notifications can just... I mean, they distract you throughout the day and it hinders your productivity in, in all areas of your of your business and your life.
1: Yeah, I even do that with email as well. I find that... Um, It's so easy to respond instantly to emails. Um, And as business owners, we feel kind of on demand, on call, so to speak. Um, So I check in a couple times a day. Um, but I don't like that feeling of seeing an email notification pop up on my phone, you know, at nine o'clock at night when I'm playing solitaire. Like, I don't want to see that. I'm done working at that point. And right. so for me, that's just that boundary that really helps me separate personal life from real life when my job is entirely digital.
0: And I have, um, I'm an iPhone user, and I just discovered, I might be late to the game, but I just discovered that you can set your phone, they have, like, multiple do not disturb options. So, like, you can set your phone to do not disturb, and I can't remember exactly what they call it, but, like, because you're working. And then Mm -hmm. you can mark which people you want to be able to disturb you. So, like, my husband's calls will come through, but, like, if you called me, it wouldn't, unless you called twice. So, like, if it Mm -hmm. is an emergency, people can get through to you. Um, and I love that too. I've, I've just started kind of tinkering with it and playing with it so that I can even further restrict, you know, the text messages, the phone calls and things like that.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. I have it for the opposite for at night. I have, you know, my husband and my family can contact me after, I think it's nine or 10. Um, but like if someone texts me, I'll respond in the morning. Mm-hmm. I should do the opposite for work hours too. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah. there's a <laughs> And there's a different setting in, in the iPhone. So just kind of fun tips for people who are looking for additional tips. Um, now, when it comes to actual content creation, do you have like what are your what's your approach or your recommendations for creating content for social media? Because I think the the notifications and figuring out where you should be is one aspect, but that second aspect is what do I post and how much do I post and how do I not spend three hours writing one Facebook post?
1: Oh yes, the dreaded three hours. I had someone Um, one of my clients got stuck trying to post an Instagram reel the other day. Um, they were, it was their first time. Um, I said, you should try it. Give it a shot. I spent two hours stuck in this loop and then Instagram deleted it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel that in my soul. We've all been there. (laughs) So when it comes to creating content, one of the things I do recommend is carving out a block of time. For ideating. Um, I like to do this on Friday. So the Friday before the next week, I'll sit down and plan out my posts. Now, some of them I fully plan out. So I'll write the caption. I'll go to Canva and design a graphic. Some of them are just ideas that maybe I want to explore later in the week, but giving myself that time block really helps. Now, what I do to speed the process along is I have a content bank, basically pillars of content that I'm constantly drawing from. So as a business owner, you, you wanna think about your content either um, creating connection or uh, creating conversion with your ideal, People. So, what do you want them to do with that content? Um, A lot of the content on social media is connection focused. So, how do you draw them into a conversation? Are you going to share information and educate them? Are you going to talk about something interesting happening in your industry or in your life? Um, Are you going to share a joke or a meme? Um, So, really drawing in that connection piece that's probably about 80% of your content. And then the other 20% is asking them something go check out this blog. out this podcast episode. Here's a lead magnet. I have a course, I have a service. Um, and so having that 20% of content that actually does invite them to take the next step with you. So kind of breaking it down that way giving yourself, um, a plan for what that looks like. I personally like to assign them today. So Mondays typically look a certain way. Tuesdays look a certain way, so forth and so on, but you can design this however you'd like. Some of my clients just like to have their content pillars and then they'll move them around throughout the week. However, they feel inspired to, um, but having those pillars will really help guide your content creation process. And this helps you from not getting stuck in that process. Now, the twist to this is I mentioned that client who spent two hours on an Instagram reel, um, it, you have to be strict on the time limit with yourself. And I think sometimes we get, what is it? Like it's pot invested. I think where you feel like you already spent 30 minutes. So you keep going you have to give yourself a cutoff. Like I've spent 30 minutes on this. It's not working. I need to move on because it's so easy to spend hours and hours on something. So you have to give yourself that time limit, be strict with yourself because it's easy to get caught up in that. Um, I think a part of this is leaning into how you like to communicate. So I prefer video and audio. It's a lot faster for me to get out my thoughts that way. So I tend to create a lot of audio and podcasts and video like YouTube videos and reels and TikToks. If you ask me to write down a post, it's going to take me longer. So I've learned that about myself over the years, so my content is kind of geared towards that. So you'll figure out what works for you, which will cut down your time as well. So, because we you easily can spend a lot of time on this and this is where we feel that regret with social media like we're not getting the investment back based on how much time we put into it. Yeah, too much
0: time creating and not enough time actually engaging and interacting with with people, yeah. which is an important part, right? It's social media. You gotta be, gotta be social, not just (laughs) creating content or consuming content like I do on TikTok.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love TikTok. Oh my gosh. TikTok's my favorite. Uh, but it is, you're right. It's the social media. There's the media piece, which is, you know, creating your content, but the social piece, which comes first, I think it's more important, um, which is the like networking and engaging and actually talking to people piece.
0: So once now I feel like the, the the next step, like the logical next step is you put all this content out. How do you determine like what's working and what's not working so that you can adjust your schedule or adjust your strategy as you go?
1: Yeah. So um, depending on where you are and what, what platforms you are, this does vary. So I do have a few different kind of checkpoints and things to look for, uh, because your audience is also at different stages in their journey with you, right? So some people have just met you today. Some people have been following you for a year. So you want to keep that in mind. But um, generally speaking, I like to start with um, how many people are even viewing this content piece. So look at impressions and reach. If you don't see those numbers continually going up, then you need to reach more people. So that means networking more, socializing more, using more discoverability placements. That means, you know, Instagram Reels for instance, it's one of those places where when you put content there, Instagram's going to show it to new people, people who don't follow you, okay? So same thing with something like a pin on Pinterest. Um, most of those pins are seen by people who aren't connected to you or don't follow you. So you want to start using some of those placements where people can actually find you if you're not seeing reach and impressions go up. Um, So that's kind of the top of the social media sales funnel, so to speak. Then we have the middle piece, which, you know, once people find you, are they following you? So are you seeing your follower number go up? And I'm Really focus on quality here, especially in the beginning. You want to take a look at the people who are following you. If they're robots, which we can't do anything about, these like fake accounts, they're annoying, but they're there. Um, Or if they're people who you're like, why would this person follow me? Then you may want to take a look at where those reach and impressions are coming from and if they're the right people. Um, And then from there, based on the people who follow you, now we're looking at engagement. So the general rule of thumb right now is that about 10% of your audience will engage with your content. So 10% of your Facebook page followers will engage with a post. Um, 10% of your Instagram followers engage with a post. And that percentage actually goes down the more followers you have. Um, It can go down as low as 1% or half a percent, depending on the size of your audience. Um, so looking at engagement, for instance, will help you know if your audience is actually tuned in to the content that you're creating. So are they liking, are they commenting? Do they share? Do they save? Um, you know, looking at the whole big picture of that content piece to see if that's working or not. Um, if you notice that at this point your posts aren't getting engagement you want to take a look at which posts are the top performers and double down on those content pieces. So, and it varies per industry. I had one of my clients who, um, nothing we posted about like questions of the day or tips. They never worked. We just talked about their products and people always love commenting and sharing them. Um, So we just made 95% of our posts talking about the products. That's what worked for that client. Um, Some clients are the other way around. So you kind of have to look at your, in your analytics, in your insights and see what works for you and adjust based on kind of some of those numbers that you're seeing.
0: Now, when you talk about like looking at analytics and what works for you and things like that, are you looking at it first from a perspective of like content? Like, what are the topics you discuss versus, um, like, is it a video post versus uh, an image post versus, do you know what I mean? Like, are you looking at the delivery Mm. method or the content and which should you focus on first?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So I think it is a little bit of a combination move in a little bit of an art form because each post actually serves a different role. So on the post level, you know, if we created a post for conversion, for instance, so we want someone to go listen to a podcast, they're probably not also going to like and comment and share they're actually probably just going to go, you know, click the link in the bio or <laughs> click the link in the post. Um, so when you look at the success of that post, you want to make sure you're measuring it against what you're asking for, or what your expectations are in that post. I think that's first and foremost. Um, and then secondly, you can look at the type of content as well. Right now, for instance, video just tends to work best on a lot of platforms. Um, so you may just notice your video posts get more Impressions or get more comments because that those placements are what a lot of the platforms are kind of featuring uh, right now. That being said, the quality of the content piece will outweigh the delivery. So, one of my clients does a lot of these, um, like carousel posts, really in-depth carousel posts. Um, the videos don't perform as well as the carousel posts. so we just stick with those. So, you know, really leaning into what works for you and your audience. And hopefully that like matches up with how you like to deliver content.
0: And I love that you mentioned carousel posts. And just in case there's somebody who isn't sure what that means, it's when you have more than one image. So there's like three to five to 10 images and you can kind of click through. It looks a little different on Instagram versus Facebook, but it's kind of the same um, concept. And I love that you brought that up. I feel like that's one area where I'm constantly struggling to get engagement is on carousel posts and it makes me so frustrated because I love the creativity that goes into designing them but for whatever reason my audience just does not seem to care Uh, (laughs) so that's just one of those lessons I've had to learn for myself and my business Um, but it's important to remember that something that works for one person is going to be different than the other person and I think that's a trap that a a lot of people get stuck in is because they're listening to you know, this person or that person who's delivering strategies that are supposed to work, um, but it's different, it's always gonna be different. So I love that you recognize that and take that approach that everything is a very unique and personalized strategy and you can draw inspiration and ideas from other businesses but you wanna be really careful that you are looking at those numbers and making
1: decisions based on your own audience. Yeah, and make a date with yourself to look at those numbers. Um, I like to think of it as looking through like my QuickBooks reports. Um, You know, if I save it till the end of the year, it's going to feel like such a huge project. I like to look at it weekly uh, for my bookkeeping, for my social media, I like like to look at it monthly. First of every month, I'm looking back at the previous month, and I only pick five or six metrics to look at. There's because there's so much in there, mm-hmm. um, so just pick five or six where you're like, okay, hey, th- these are the ones that matter the most to me in my business, and then keep track of those every single month, and that will give you a lot of insight into what's working and what's not.
0: And I love that I do the same thing monthly because any more than that, I feel like it would be too. It, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have like enough data for me. I'm posting like once a day, but I know that varies too. I feel like that's a whole other, what, what do you typically recommend as far as frequency?
1: Yeah. So it, it, it depends on the the person and, um, it depends on the skill level. This is what I've learned too with social media is that you take someone who's new to it and you say post once a day, that's going to take, five to 10 hours a week to create that content because it's an entirely different skill. It's a new skill to create social media content. So this is why I oftentimes recommend an hour, like time limit versus a post limit. Mm. Um, One to two hours a week is where most of my students are because that's enough time to really put energy into it, but not to take away from other parts of the business. So some people are only posting once a week, once or twice a week. Some of my students are posting daily because they have that routine. They've built up the skill um, to do it. Um, honestly, it is true. The more you post, um, typically there's there is a cutoff point, but the more you post, the more attention you'll get. But most of the people I talk to aren't full time content creators, right? They're not like you know dancing on TikTok for a living, so they have other things in lives. Um, so yeah, <laughs> imagine that. Uh, so that time limit will help you develop the skill to actually get better at social media posting instead of spending way too much time, not having enough time to actually do the things that you want to do with your life and then feeling that resentment. And what happens is, you know, they spend the, let's say five hours a week and then they go, I'm not going to do this again. And then they go like three, four weeks before they post again, because it just took so much energy.
0: I love that you used time as that, as that measure of success. I feel like that's something I've never heard of (laughs) and I'm sure other people say it, but I'm like, oh, that's brilliant because it'll also, as you get going, it's going to challenge you to be more efficient and you're, you're going to increase in a way that's, that's natural to do. I love, yeah. love that. I feel like that's going to be my biggest takeaway from, from this episode.
1: Yay. No, I think it's, um, good timing too, because the social media algorithms are getting smarter. Yeah. So because they're getting smarter, they're helping to like deliver your content to more people. So I actually don't think we need as much content as we used to, um, on social media because the algorithms are like trying to get people to to find it. They want people to find interesting, unique content that they will actually engage with. So I would rather see you spend time on quality content than just trying to struggle to get that one post a day out.
0: And I've tested this, you know, I always testing different things on my own, my own accounts. And in the past month or so, you know, four to six weeks, maybe six to eight weeks, I've reduced the number of posts that I've been putting out and my engagement has increased. And I think it's that that your the quality, I think, is better, just to be honest, because some of the posts that I was using were recycled content. They get stale. It doesn't feel authentic. um, But the quality is better and engagement is going up. And I think that's the other thing for me, at least, is that we always have to be testing like we can never get comfortable with what we're doing because social media is always changing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the hardest part, I think, of social media is unlike other marketing avenues like email marketing or even like traditional marketing, like flyers and things like that, pretty stable. Social media, it changes. The strategies we're talking about today may not work a year from now. And so it is that does add an extra added layer of complexity.
0: Right. It's always be testing. And that's also why it's great to have somebody like you that you can you're keeping up on all those changes. Yeah. So now you just have one point of contact because I think that's another um, problem or another another aspect that can get complicated. If you're following, if you're trying to follow all the people and all the things, you can't keep up with everything. So it's finding that one person that can give you the information you need and guide you through the changes as they're happening.
1: Oh, yeah. And really the changes that matter To you, Um, honestly, this is my full-time job. I've been doing this for eight years, and it's it's still a lot for me to sift through. So my goal is always, as I'm sifting through it, does this really matter? You know, like will this really make a difference? Because there's a lot of updates out there that don't you don't really have to like change anything for, and some of them you do. So that's how I approach it. Is you know, for my audience this change that I'm observing, does it have an impact on them and how can I help them navigate that change?
0: Yes. It helped them figure it out. And if it doesn't just skip over it, they don't need to know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to know. Awesome. Well, I'd love to take a few minutes. Can you talk about all the places where you are, where our listeners can continue to connect with you? Um, your, I assume your podcast is on all the places wherever they're listening to this podcast. They can find your podcast. And I do love your podcast because I am such a social media person. Um, so I love that. And I love in instances like this where you get two social media geeks in the same, you know, room. And then you can just kind of geek out over those things. And you learn new things from each other, even if you've been in the game for a while. Um, so I love, I love that your podcast provides that insight.
1: Yes. And if you like, if you like this kind of conversation, definitely check it out. Um, you can find it savvy social podcast is what you're going to search for. And we release episodes every Tuesday and we're on all the apps.
0: Perfect. Can you tell me a little bit about the school?
1: Yep. Yeah, so our Savvy Social School is our membership program. If you want to take this training even deeper, um, you know, one of the things I mentioned, for instance, was all of the changes that happen on social media. We just released a private podcast in the membership, really breaking down those changes and which ones business owners should focus on. But we have courses on platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Facebook, all the platforms, um, done for you posts, guidance from my amazing team. um, And actually, we're going to be raising the price here in spring of 2022. So now is the best time to join and lock in the best rate and get that hands-on support. That's the thing that we're really big on because it is nuanced. So we give you the bones and then we want you to come to us and say, well, here's my business. How can I make this work for me? And we'll, we'll work it out together.
0: And I also want to ask you about the social media rock star framework. Tell me about yeah.
1: this. So, if you want to get like, like the Costco sample size version of what's inside of the school. This is, this is it. The framework <laughs> is free. It's our approach to social media. It walks you through building out a strategy. Um, we also have some samples of our done for you content. So captions, swipe files, graphics, you can just edit in Canva, um, you know, kind of give you that jump start. Um, so you can find that at Onlinedrea.com slash free. And that will give you your sample, your taste, and then hopefully you'll enjoy the whole buffet.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Here's where I'm going to bring up the fact that before we hit play instead of recording, a bird tried to kill me um, inside of my tent. And so I am just relieved that the bird got out and did not come back and interrupt this recording. Yay! <laughs> we made it! <laughs> we made it! So thank you so much, Andrea, for being here and for your patience as I navigated a bird and, <laughs> and for bringing so much value. I always love connecting with you and you are always welcome back in my community. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, that is it for this episode of Familypreneur. Join us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator to follow through on the action steps from this episode alongside an incredibly supportive community. Plus access our robust training vaults and a variety of exclusive monthly virtual events, including co-working, happy hours, and bonus training sessions. Head over to familypreneur.co and join us today. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. Bye for now.